All right, it's time for our Miami Sports Pod. Will Manso, Clay Furrow, Dukey Lang. We're going to jump right into it because we've been jumping into it for the last 48 hours or so with Miami Hurricanes fans as we always tape these on Sundays. And the topic of conversation, the focus, guys, is going to be the Miami Hurricanes, in particular their quarterback situation. Because while we could talk about the Dolphins, I think we, none of us want to right now. We've talked so much about them and what's wrong and what's going on following that loss in Houston. We're obviously following the Matt Burke situation and whether changes will come this week as they prepare for the Jets. But let's talk the decision from Mark Rick, the decision he made once again to go at Malik Rozier. Clay, I always like to start with you, so I'll do the same. I know the answer, so I'm not even going to ask you is who you think should start. I, I know you think it's not Malik Rozier, but... What is the rationale between Mark Rick not going back to Nikosi Perry to just see how this young guy responds from his benching and from the struggles he had a few weeks ago? So the rationale that Mark Rick is giving us is that Perry is not the guy that gives him the best chance to win. Rozier is. And I, we obviously have no information here to contradict that. I will just say that based on what we watch on the field during these games, I strongly disagree with that. So it does make you wonder, and we know that there have been the reports and the video out there of of Perry with the money, and then he was suspended earlier this season. So it makes you wonder if, if some of the trust is gone. And again, this is all speculation here, so we don't know. Bottom line, I don't see how Malik Rozier gives this team a better chance to win ball games over Nikosi Perry at this point. So... It makes you wonder what else is out there. Yeah, and that's the thing, Dookie, is look, we, Clay alluded to it. He had the suspension in the offseason, which we didn't find out about until the week of the LSU game. Uh, and, you know, so when Mark Rick announced that Malik Rozier was the starter in in preseason before that LSU game, we all thought, well, what the heck? You know, didn't wasn't Perry supposed to be the guy? And then we find out after the fact he was suspended. Uh, and then we found out it happened six months earlier. This latest thing, there was no official suspension. But I have a feeling, knowing the pride that Mark Rick has in trying to build the proper program and trying to build respect and trying to be good on and off the field, that there's more to this, that this is a signal to Nikosi Perry. you got to grow up if you want to get a chance. Well, why don't you give people the exact background on, on what you're alluding to in Nikosi Perry? Well, what Clay alluded to was the money. The, there was a video on Instagram, uh, and, and it was a clip of Nikosi Perry sitting in a car with another young man, and he had this huge pile of money on his lap. Now, Rick spoke about it last week when he was asked, and I remember someone actually tweeted me about two weeks ago saying there was a video floating around, maybe a week and a half ago floating around. I didn't see the video. I, didn't, I can't tell you that I was sitting there searching through Instagram pages looking for it, but it got more talk on Kane's you know, message boards and things like that to the point where then finally it leaked out the video. People started showing it. Rick, it obviously got to him, and NCAA was involved as far as, you know, hey, he asked some questions. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with it. The money didn't come from, it's not his, you know, all the things that Rick tried to clear up. The point is it's the image, Dookie, and you know this. I mean, the image of a young man who's your starting quarterback or, or potentially starting quarterback holding what looked to be fifteen or $20,000 in his lap in a car is not a good look. That's not a good look. Losing at Boston College and throwing two interceptions is not a good look. Cade Weldon being suspended for four games, that's not a good look. Jaron Williams standing on the sidelines for all the season except for one game with three more possible games that he could go into without burning his freshman uh, red, red shirt. shirt yeah. That's not a good you look. You sound like you're laying it on Mark Rick. I'm, and, uh, I, I, are you? I, yeah. I mean, I, well, <laughs> here's what I'm going to tell you, which is kind of different. This is, this, is, this, is, this is just me being totally honest and transparent. 
I love the University of Miami. I love University of Miami Canes games. There is not a Canes game where I don't throw up four fingers before the fourth quarter and take a selfie and post. Well, it on this one you threw up four fingers and then threw up begrudgingly. But <laughs> yeah. actually, that's literally what happened. But that's another story. But uh, I was watching the game on Friday, and my main emotion was a combination of boredom and indifference. I mean, yes, in my opinion, in Clay's opinion, in the opinion of anyone who really watches these two quarterbacks, I think it's pretty clear that Nikosi Perry has a greater upside as a football player. But for whatever reason, Mark Richt wants to stick with with uh, Rozier. I, I don't think it's the right move. I think we're right to speculate that something else could be going on. But, I mean, they're 5-3. and three, They're 2-2 two and two in the ACC. They still have to go to Blacksburg. They have Duke coming in this week with uh, the future Giants quarterback there, Will, who I know you're, you'll be scouting. I'm sorry, that's, they're not playing Oregon. That would be Justin Herbert. Even though I do want to see what Daniel Jones plays like, but he's, he's been hurt. It's well, kind the, of unfair. The good news is if you go to Blacksburg, you don't even need a quarterback. So That's a good uh, point, to, right. To win a game after what happened that's, last weekend. Right. And, and by the way, I want to make something clear really my, my, quickly. My, yes, no, 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 because I, I, I think you and I, we're, we're – we're not trying to speculate that anything else happened no, here. No, no, no. What we're trying I'm not to say, there's more, yeah. no. When we say there's more going on, there's more. There's more to the decision than strictly right, no, what point we is see it's on not the Put it this way: He's saying Rick to say, and he reiterated again on Sunday when he said that Rozier remains the starter, is that he gives us the best chance to win. I don't think that's true. Number one, and I don't think that Mark Rick believes that's true. I don't because you know why? Mark Rick is a coach. He sees film. He sees what's. How do you define a coach? But wins and losses, and what's there. Malik Rozier, in the last stretch after that 10-0 start last year, through his games this year, is not winning. And again, this isn't to to sit here and knock a young guy who's playing hard and who's won some games from Miami in the past, but sometimes you have to move on and see what else you have. And I don't think Nikosi Perry showed us that he was the next superstar quarterback, but I also don't think he showed us on the field that he shouldn't get the chance to see if he could be because he showed immense talent, a strong arm, a uh, good ability to scramble and move around, make throws on the run. Yes, he was a little inaccurate. Yes, he, he didn't read coverage as well. But that's hard to base on a young man who was playing the first three games of his college career. You know, I was watching as I was watching the game, it sort of made me appreciate how amazing last season was and how much lightning in a bottle Ricked in the University of Miami caught between the turnover chain, starting 10-0, and being ranked in the top 10, having game day here, beating Notre Dame, beating Florida State. That we was, all yelled their back, too. It we was did. so exciting. And then I was watching this Boston College game, and I'm watching Malik Rozier, and I, 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 in my mind, I'm like, man, last year's team must have been so much better than we realized because – He's really not that good. So how did he, and again, I'm not trying to kill a college kid, but how did he lead Miami to 10-0 and unless there was so much more talent around him, unless they were performing so much better around him? I mean, it can't all be just— Well, number one, the offensive line has been horrendous. Right, and Miami. it can't all just be Braxton Berrios is gone, as, as good as Braxton Berrios was. It's just, it just right now, the way they're playing, that they have the same quarterback and— as the 10-0 and team from last year, and it's this 5-3, and 2-2 and in the ACC team, is amazing to me. I, I really think whatever the formula is, whatever the, 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 the cloud, you know, the, mm-hmm. everything that comes together had to have come together. And Clay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point to Virginia Tech as an example, okay? Virginia Tech is a school that's always good. 
pretty much. They're 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 well respected program. You know they have their ups and downs, but generally speaking, you think of Virginia Tech football, you think of them as a top twenty five caliber mm-hmm. program. So as they're trying to build with their new coach, imagine what you would give to have what Miami had last season, just just to have that sort of moment. Because I really feel like this season as a whole has been such a reality check. I remember we had Randall Hill in here. It was before the LSU game. The Canes were going on national TV. They were coming off of last season. Yeah, they lost the last three, including the Orange Bowl, including the ACC championship game. But they had won 10 games, and they're making progress, and what's the next step going to be? And I think it's very clear for Miami, the next step is a big step backwards. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that that as we look at this program from, from the big view, and you look at a program like Virginia Tech, they're similar. They're good programs that are trying to build. The difference between Miami and Virginia Tech is Miami had that moment last year where just everything broke right, and they sort of took over the nation – and it might all just be the turnover chain, but it feels like the magic has kind of worn off. It, there is an eerie similarity between the two programs, uh, the quarterbacks, but I'm not going to bore people by explaining Virginia Tech in the background and all this stuff because I know nobody wants to hear that. But just to give you a, a little a little sense of why I've been watching this and thinking, oh, I'm seeing the same movie playing out in two different places, right? Virginia Tech started Josh Jackson as their quarterback this year. It was clear going all the way back to the spring that Ryan Willis was a more physically gifted player. The question was, maybe he didn't know where he was going to throw the football. So Justin Fuente, the head coach at Virginia Tech, the thing that he says a lot when it comes to quarterback play is expected outcomes. I want expected outcomes. He wants to know where the quarterback is going to go with the football. The problem with Virginia Tech is, is that Josh Jackson may make the right decision when he was in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he got injured in the ODU game. He hasn't played since. But it's not on time. His release is slow. He's not quick. He's very, very smart, and he makes the right decision. But the physical ability isn't there. Ryan Willis, on the other hand, massive arm strength, very twitchy, great arm talent, all those words that you hear describing college quarterbacks entering, he has all of it. He doesn't quite know the offense as well as Josh Jackson. So he's Nicosi. A hundred percent. The similarities are eerie. And and Tech fans had been clamoring, look, just give Willis a shot. Let him learn. And that's why I've been saying from the beginning of this season, bringing this around full circle to Miami, throw Nicosi Perry out there, understanding full well that you know what you've got with Malik Rozier, but the ceiling is much higher with the Nicosi Perry. And by the way, this is all about the -the on-the-field stuff and why it is – so baffling that when you hear mm-hmm. gives us the best chance to win, it just makes you wonder if there's something that that's going into it other than that. There's something else I want to say about that point, but let me also mention right now our sponsor today is Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. You know, we talk so much about the quarterbacks themselves and what they can and can't do and whether there's issues in maturity. And look, Rick has used the word maturity in describing why he's gone to Rozier as well. Let's leave that for a moment and talk about this. I don't think Mark Richt has done a good job with this offense. 
And that falls on Mark Richt because he is the guy that's leading the offense. He is the guy that's calling the plays. He is the guy that's building the game plan along with his, his, his assistants, his staff, including his son as the quarterback's coach. I get it. They work things together. But when it comes down to it, Mark Richt is supposed to be that quarterback guy and, and find a way to be innovative with the offense. And right now the Canes diagram of plays is – Quick little passes, little slants, a fade when you're near the goal line. I mean, there are there are about four or five plays that they just continue to go to. And I'm sorry, whether you're Malik Rozier or Nikosi Perry, there has to be some strengths and other things you do outside of those three or four formations and plays that Mark Richt has to figure out. And that's on Richt. Too much predictability. The game against Boston College, the slant had success until it burned them by going to it so much that they cut it off and got a big pick in a bad situation that led to the touchdown that pretty much put the game away for for Boston College. These are things that fall on Mark Richt. And while the quarterbacks maybe aren't up to the standards that Canes fans want, or even Mark Rick wants to be able to open up his playbook, the playbook can't be so limited, which... Brings us to two things, guys. As the Canes still have something to play for, they are still they are still technically alive for the Coastal, though it's going to take a lot of things. But they could still finish the season strong, finish the season with eight, nine wins, go into a bowl, and maybe get a ten win season. I mean, it's not impossible to do. It's not impossible that they could win a couple games if they got to the if they again if they got a chance to win the Coastal. It's unlikely. If but Mark Richt has to open things up and I don't know why he hasn't I know trust with the quarterbacks is something which leads to the second part of the question a what does Rick do now but b what does Rick do long term does Mark Rick need to go out and hire someone to call plays to the first part of what you said uh, credit Manny Navarro for this he was on 790 the other the other day and he actually explained Mark Rick's rationale for this as far as not opening up the playbook he said what, what Rick has said is Look, these guys are not doing the basic stuff right, so why am I going to add stuff onto it and make it more complex when they're not picking it up? Here's my counter to that. As offenses have evolved, this spread offense that you see so many people running, as Sean McVay is doing an outstanding job with it in the NFL, kind of a, a hybrid of it, but the idea is that offenses have become easier to run and harder to stop over time. And so this is where when Mark Rick says something to the effect of, well, we've been running the same plays for the last 30 years and they've worked for the last 30 years. Maybe they did. And maybe against certain teams, they will because you've got more talent. The problem is when you start to see teams that have a talent close to the level of the University of Miami, look, Boston College didn't have their talent, but it was at least closer than FIU and, and some of the teams they were able to beat earlier in the season. You start to wonder if, okay, Maybe there is something to this new age offense, and maybe it is time to bring in someone else. So the the answer to your question, Will, what he should do, he should fire his offensive coordinator, which is himself. Which is himself. Yeah. And not, not Thomas Brown. I mean, yeah, fire the, the play, the play, call, play right. call. Yeah. So, so bring in somebody who, and who knows, maybe it is Brown, somebody who has a grasp on on the new age of offense and make that person the play caller, whether it's Brown or from outside, because right now what they're doing isn't working. And if it's too complex, then maybe it's the playbook and maybe it's time to bring in someone new. Well, Clay, you mentioned that the, the players are not getting the basics. My question to that is why? Seriously, why? Are they not good enough to get the basics? Are they not are they not being schooled properly in the basics? That's mm -hmm. not acceptable at the University of Miami when you're trying to build a high-level program that they can't do basic plays. I think the re I think first of all, I think we all are kind of in agreement here that he should give up the play calling. I think for a different reason. 
I think that the job of head coach in the NCAA has changed. I think initially the University of Miami let Mark Richt do the play calling because he liked it. Because he was rejuvenated, he was back at his alma mater. He talked about it many and, times and when he it, came in. Yeah, it was it, you know he brought in his son, so he was feeling good about it. He had just got run out of Georgia. And, and by the way, I want to let you keep your thought. But they actually the last ten or the first ten games of last year, they were scoring points. Mm-hmm. They, yes, the defense and the turnover chain was a story, but they were producing points off those turnovers and making plays. So I think that the the job of a head coach in the NCAA in football has evolved to where being the CEO of the team and handling all the things around the team, which include, and Mark Rick's done a great job about it, getting the SOFR built, their practice facility, Mm -hmm. personally giving a million dollars for that, building alumni relations. How do you deal with the former players? We've seen a lot of former legends come back. How does that work? Building the brand across the country, recruiting. I mean, these are the areas which take up more time and have become more complex. What you need is you need a geek who's just diving into the new way to run offenses and who was spending night and day, day and night looking mm-hmm. at plays. For example, I watched this uh, documentary, Tom versus Time, mm-hmm. that was on uh, Facebook about Tom Brady. And Tom Brady was sitting at his desk in his office and he was looking through plays in the playbook. And I believe Josh McDaniels called him up in the middle of the night like two o'clock in the morning. It's like, hey, what do you think if we run like a ZYX slant on this play instead of that one? And he's like, well, let me look at that. And then he pulled it up on his video. Mm-hmm. You need a coach who's doing that at two o'clock in the morning. So we mentioned that there was this video going around of Nikosi Perry. CEO Mark Richt needs to handle that. That takes time and attention away from play calling geek Mark Richt, who needs to understand what's going on. There's just too much to manage. I'm not just saying it to excuse him. He needs to take a step back and look at his time management, not on the field. I'm saying his time management. No, no, as, we, we, uh, we look, to, look, to look at his time management. It's a say, lot on your plate. And say, how can I best help the University of Miami win? And frankly, he's not a guy who I look at and think he's a big ego guy. He seems like a team guy and a selfless guy. But I'm sure there's a little ego there. Every he's, coach. Every coach. And he's yes. got to admit, it's hard to admit, I'm not the best guy for the job. But guess what, coach? You're not the best guy for the job. Well, here's the deal. There's two points to that. And one is uh, he's the best point or he's the best guy for the job in his mind and probably at the moment because midseason you're not going to make sure. a change. This is stuff we're talking about for Long the offseason. Yeah. But I do think to your point on the roles, this is so much different than the NFL where a head coach truly just worries about the plays and what's going on in the system and his locker room and the general manager handles the personnel side and the business side is handled by others. Mark Richt is coaching, then going to the film room, then having to go over to meetings for for fundraising mm-hmm. and going over to meet with people he that doesn't are big like fundraisers. It when people are late. Yes, no, no, not at all. He's a timely <laughs> guy. He's got a schedule tight to fundraisers <laughs> and the things. Mark Rick never stops. His calendar is filled with things that have nothing to do with the play on the field, too. Got to talk to us. Yeah, me, <laughs> yeah. This is no, true, so much yeah. different than the NFL. Like Adam Gase, for yes. instance, he gets in and he is in that building and in those offices looking at film and that late-at-night guy. It's different when you're in the NFL. In college, it's completely different. He has to be his hands and control everything on and off the field. Oh, absolutely. And that's where, like when we mentioned Sean McVay, Sean Payton, guys who do, and, and Sean Payton goes back and forth between himself and Pete Carmichael as far as who calls plays, but it 
it is easier in the NFL, and that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but because you don't have the fundraisers, the uh, Bill Belichick does not about care. Recruiting. I mean, uh, recruiting. I mean, it's it's Bill Belichick. Adam Gase isn't worried about who's playing for the Dolphins no. next year. He's worried about who's playing for the Dolphins this year. Here's the irony, guys. If Mark Richt threw out an open search for offensive coordinator for play caller. He would get the best of the best in the country applying for the job because Mark Richt is somebody who everybody wants to work with. A great guy, great reputation, someone who, uh, good good Christian guy, like the, the type of stuff that you want in your CEO, he's got it. So Especially in Miami where image has been a problem right. for a long time. And by the way, the real or imagined there is a perception problem that the university of miami has had to overcome since they got off the plane in the fiesta bowl in 1986 right so mark richt given that he has his squeaky clean reputation it matters more to the university of miami than it might at another place because there's there is a national bias against the 1986 hurricanes that the 2018 hurricanes have to deal with yeah we'll say this too i think this problem Canes fans that are listening to this, and we see them on social media, and we see them out of games, and we hear the, their calls in the radio shows, and we, we get it. They're frustrated. I think this problem is a little, is much more fixable yes. than I think Canes fans think it is. To them, it's the sky is falling. Rick's got to go. Fire all the coaches. Uh, we don't have a recruit next year for quarterback coming in. Oh, my goodness. Fly the banner planes. This is a mess. I don't think it's that bad. Well, can, I, I think this is can I make a comparison? Fixable. Well, it's real simple, right? We always talk about it on the pod. I'm not going to make this a Dolphins pod, but we always talk about this on the pod. Quarterback is the most important position in sports. Mm-hmm. Period. Okay, college, pro. The Dolphins' quarterback situation is not right right now. Okay, some people may say, "Oh, it's you know Ryan Tannehill's the guy." There might be a few people who defend him. Others know better. The point is. If the Dolphins want to fix that situation, there's multiple things that have to happen. They have to draft somebody good. They have to develop him, or mm-hmm. they have to acquire a free agent. Then they have to get rid of Tannehill. Build the line. Then, then mm-hmm. they got to think of the cap implications. There's 50 things around that decision. For Mark Richt, it's real simple. Go get a quarterback, period. If he goes out, finds a kid, the kid's a stud. If it's Jaron Williams, if, if if he's already on the roster, if he throws him in there, he's a stud, and he's the Canes quarterback the next three years, problem solved. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier for the University of Miami to fix their quarterback situation than it is for the Dolphins. There's no salary cap. There's no free agency. There's no people jumping above you in the draft. Just go get a quarterback. And there's one more reason, Will, why it's a lot more fixable than than I think some Canes fans think it is. They are so much more talented than anyone else in the Coastal Division. It's not even close. They're more talented than anybody else in the ACC outside of Clemson. And and that's because Florida State Florida State's had some down years as far as offensive line recruiting. Now, overall, Florida State's been outstanding. They'll continue to recruit under Willie Taggart. But they've got so much more talent than the teams that they're going to play week in and week out. The biggest mountain to overcome right now, and you mentioned the word ego, and and Mark Richt is great with us. There is no outward sign of ego, but every coach has pride. They don't get to be the best head coaches in the country if they don't have pride and a little bit of ego. It's overcoming his own ego and saying, I am not the right person for this job. So it's one. You know, like you said, there are 50 things involved with the Dolphins fixing their problem. There is one. The second Mark Richt puts that out there, you're going to have the best of the best, not just because Richt is somebody that people want to work for, but because the talent here is absolutely through the roof. Clay, throw, throw, 
some names out just well, for fun. You know college well, football. No, give, so, give me a few names. So as far as the uh, the the offensive coordinators, the up and coming guys, I, you know, I, I don't know the best Conference USA guys, but let me tell you what the the model is: Dabo. Dabo Sweeney, what he did at Clemson was he went to them and they said, hey, Ipite, uh, I pay 10 a year. That's the Clemson fundraising. I'm going to take a, a middling salary starting off as head coach, pay a bunch of money to Chad Morris, then play, pay a bunch of money to Brent Venables. And Chad Morris was the one who came an offensive coordinator who then went to SMU. Now he's at Arkansas. But that's the type of guy that if you bring in an offensive coordinator that – the best offensive coordinator in the country, which you know that Mark Rick can bring in, it changes things quickly. Now, as a Virginia yeah. Tech grad, that terrifies me, uh, yeah. but that's exactly what I, I think it's a very quick fix. The talent is there, and the fix is this. You know, you you got to, I think, get an innovative mind who can come in and help you with this play calling. I Does think that's Clay the, know his college football or what? <laughs> My <laughs> God. I wish I could tell you the that name of the conference amazing. USA coordinator. Yeah, but he, you were going, first he was at Arkansas. Oh, then he, no, was, he knows. Yeah, he's not reading that, by the way, folks. Of course. No. And by the way, Canes fans, I don't see, I'm not suggesting you hire a conference usa coordinator but there are guys out there up and coming guys but i i I think davis yeah don't (laughs) don't go go there i I think what ends up happening is i think he needs to consider that strongly this offseason i think he needs to pinpoint who his quarterback is and look we we talked a little earlier about the coastal period for some reason or the other is in his doghouse whether it's the two off the field strikes he's gotten maybe that's it is there more to it is he not prepping well and Rick isn't happy behind the scenes with his work in the in the film room, with his work at practice. Those are things that Rick would never come out, not only about Perry or any player. You're not going to throw a player under a bus, you under the bus. You're not going to sit there and, and say this player isn't prepared or doesn't work hard enough. I mean, these are things we don't know for a fact. But we do know this. They have a young guy in Jaron Williams, so I hope they can have a chance to see later in the year. Maybe they don't want to burn his red shirt. Maybe that's the deal. But if you can get that play caller, Figure out who that quarterback is in the late in the season to the offseason. And by the way, fix that O-line. We have not talked much about the offensive line, but every quarterback that struggles at any level, more often than not, protection or lack of it is a big a big reason why. And look, the Canes have a lot of issues with that offensive line. Their quarterbacks have been running around, moving around, quick, getting hit quickly. The running game has had to kind of do its thing to grind out some yards. Hasn't been as good as maybe you wanted them to be. Uh, there are issues beyond just is it Nikosi or is it Malik? All right, well, let's end it with this. And I, first of all, I want to remind everyone before we go, our sponsor today is always Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north in the stadium, Pembroke Pines. The, what I'll end on to each of you is impossible to know, but I'm curious what you feel because anyone who's either a Canes fan or has followed the Canes, covered the Canes, knows that when stuff like this has happened under Randy Shannon, under Al Golden, when things got ugly and there were questions about decisions and losses that were hurtful in the ACC and not much to play for the rest of the season, the team has tended to tank. Mm -hmm. And it obviously isn't a characterization of Mark Richt or the current players because they had nothing to do with it. Does this team recover, regroup because of the talent and start to play better football and win some games down the stretch? Or are we talking about a team that could end up with four, five, six losses? I think they do because this team is just a Jekyll and Hyde team. They're so much better at home than they are on the road. And outside of the trip to Blacksburg, the winnable games are at home. you got Duke and Pitt coming up, coming, coming to Hard Rock Stadium. So I think they do for that reason. And I also think there's too much talent defensively to, to let down like that. And I think there are too many leaders defensively. Guys, I, I think the Boston College game, I, I think – 
you watched that and know Boston College doesn't have the talent that Miami does, but that was a bad matchup going in. A.J. Dillon is outstanding, and you finally have that running back that you know, when the, the Canes players were being overly aggressive could make you pay. And I, I don't – going uh, throughout the rest of the season now, Duke doesn't have those guys. they got a freshman in Deion Jackson who's good but not on Dillon's level. Pitt's got Pickett who killed you at quarterback last year, but James Conner ain't walking through that door. I, I don't know what's going on with Virginia Tech. So I, I think there are winnable games down the stretch that – and I've said this about Tech all year – there is no reason for a tank job. There is no reason to lose games because the Coastal is just flat out so bad this year. you got to take advantage of those games down the stretch. Doogie? You know, <laughs> I had friends who were texting me when uh, Nikosi first came in. They were like, you know what? Now this, fe- now this season feels like something. Yeah, lost the opener against LSU, but now we're playing for something. We're developing someone. And then Rick pulled them. In the second quarter of a game, a week after he threw four touchdowns in the second half to come back and beat Florida State, I know he only completed 13 passes. It felt like big, it, it, to me, it felt like bringing in Rozier again, a second time, took, mm-hmm. took the wind out of the sails of the season. That's just for me. It's looked like it for the team. They've put up 13 and 14 points at Virginia and Boston College. This is not at Clemson and Florida mm-hmm. State. This is at middle-of-the-road ACC teams. So they you are what your record is. They're 5-3, and three, they're 2-2 two and two in the ACC. They are a middle-of-the-road ACC team who is praying for maybe an outside shot. Are they going to turn things around or tank? I, I think they're going to win eight total games. Is that tanking? Is that turning around? I think they'll win maybe one or two more regular season games and maybe they're maybe a really bad bowl game. Maybe. Yeah, I, I will say this. They'll be playing I will, December 22nd in the Poinciana Bowl or something? I, I will say this. Where Rick, I think, kind of derailed the season with his decision-making was not going back to Perry. Not because I think Perry was going to be some Heisman Trophy contender who sparked this team to a Coastal Division title. He may have continued to be inaccurate, read the defenses poorly, whatever the case may be. But at least you would learn right then and there, mm-hmm. hey, that's who you have that's a guy that moving forward we know has these issues. As you gave Malik Rozier plenty of games to figure out who he is, we haven't been able to see yet who Perry is consistently, and we may never get the chance. Again, could be off the field stuff. We don't know. We speculate that there's certainly that that's part of the decision making, given that he has had a couple of off the field incidents. But the bottom line is this: as we leave this, I don't think any of us agree that Malik Rozier gives Miami the best chance to win, uh, and that's something they need very badly starting on Saturday against Duke. So. That is your Miami Sports Pod for the week. Uh, in week, we may uh, uh, talk a little Dolphins. If anything happens out of Dolphins, camps a little crazy. We'll do a, a little in-week pod. For now, though, let's give the Dolphins a breather as they hopefully can bounce back against the Jets next weekend.